Welcome to True Truths and Tidbits, Life with Melinda. Each week, I will share with you my true, transparent truths. I have learned over the years that the best way to help yourself and others to overcome is by being honest. My hope for you, my friend, is that you will discover your own true truths on this journey with me. Sit back and relax because our journey begins together right now. Melinda, welcome to season two of True Truths and Tidbits Life with Melinda. And I am so glad that you have stuck around in my hiatus. So much has happened in the year 2020, things that I didn't see coming. A lot of us didn't see coming so much for that vision. But aren't you glad that God sees better than we do? So I came to an abrupt end. In season one, pretty much after I did triggers, because it triggered me. It triggered me to a place that I wasn't sure if I was ready to be so vulnerable in an audience that I could not control. And not fearful, but, you know, it's trolls and people and things. And I just kind of felt, yeah, maybe this isn't the best thing to do. So during our time of a sheltering in place, during a quarantine, my sheltering turned into a session of deep reflection in myself and um, where I was going and what I wanted to do. And God just revealed so many things to me. And he opened doors that I didn't see open. I am now master certified life coach. Nowhere in my life plan I ever saw that happening, but he did. I also released my first ebook. It's called The Great Unboxing of God, 21 Days to the Best Habit Ever, A Relationship with God. I'm excited about that. And I'm also started a YouTube page for my nonprofit. It's a 501c3 federally recognized nonprofit called The Bethany Project. And it is designed to help people to draw close to God and have a relationship with him um, beyond our expectations. So to get started on this welcome back episode of season two, I am going to share with you my redemption story. Um, this redemption story goes from, um, before I was born until now. And each week I'm just going to go a little bit deeper into the things that God has done for me. Living in a world that's so uncertain and so many are even even questioning if God even exists because of so much suffering and so much is going on in this year and we're waiting now for the results of the election. And I just feel now that more than ever, people are looking for a higher power and they want to know if he exists. So I'm going to share you, with you my testimony of exactly what God has done in my life. And my hope is that wherever you are, if you're close to God, not close to God, or don't even think that he exists, my vulnerability, I just hope and pray that you see that if he can redeem someone like me, he can redeem anybody. So it is so much involved in my redemption story. Um, sometimes I literally look at my life 
because it looks more like a made-for-TV movie than reality. A lot of it has been marred by the destruction that came because I willfully didn't choose wisely, and some of it, mm, not so much. You see, I haven't always been a woman who runs after God, but I'm blessed beyond measure that God's grace ran after me. So I want to share with you today what God's amazing redemption grace can do in a life like yours and what he did in a life like mine. To discover just how beautiful grace is and to finally accept it in your life, you first need to know what it means. Grace is the freely given unmerited favor and love of God. It's the influence or spirit of God operating in humans like you and me to generate, to regenerate or to strengthen us. Grace is a genuinely pure and holy, excellent virtue of divine origin and the condition of being in God's favor. God's grace weaves itself into us without even asking for it. And for that, I am truly, truly, eternally grateful. My parents, um, they had a hard time conceiving me. They got married. Um, in the early 70s, and I came along in 1975 because God's grace made a way for me to arrive. I've always been very strong-willed from the very start, and as long as I, I can remember, I always wanted to please and know God. When I was little, I had this thing. I would go in my room, and I would stare at the ceiling, and I would talk to him, hoping that he would respond to me. See, because I was molested as a young child until the age of nine, I kept it a secret for a very long time. Actually, many are not aware that this even happened to me. And at the age of 10, I became addicted to pornography because I stumbled upon it by accident. So these things were difficult secrets to keep because I was born and raised a Jehovah Witness. And I'm going to get into that at a later time, but not today. Every week I would hear about Jehovah's expectations of us, and I developed a very great fear of being judged by people instead of developing a love for him like he desired. I was fearful because I knew what God expected of me from what I was taught as a Jehovah Witness, and the things that were being done to me excluded me from his love, so I thought, and from being able to be with him forever, but little did I know he was applying grace to my life. I became angry and depressed as a preteen because I developed really quickly. And I went through so much criticism that came from the hands of people I loved and looked up to. I was always ridiculed no matter what I did. My clothes were literally measured with a ruler from some sisters in my congregation. And that left me with no real companions. It seemed like the more I tried to know God, the more others sabotaged it. I had nowhere to run. I was bullied at school and even at home. I experienced colorism and felt like the black sheep. No matter what I did, um, it came from my mom and my older sister. I developed great resentment and I started stealing from my parents. By the time I was 18, I had become a thief, an excellent liar, I was indulging in sex and my double life was truly wearing me out. When it started to catch up with me, I decided that I would be better for me to just not be here. And I attempted suicide so I can escape. It was also a way for me not to face those that I had hurt. 
but little did I know that God's grace was keeping me. Shortly after my suicide attempt, I was 18 years old. I found out that I was pregnant with my oldest son and I was disfellowshipped from being a Jehovah Witness. Later in my pregnancy, the doctors discovered that he had one of the worst heart defects imaginable. And I was instantly devastating to me. I fell into a great sense of guilt and the enemy was my constant companion. He taunted me, telling me that my baby was sick because I tried to kill myself. He would say, see, this guy that you love so much doesn't even love you because he's giving you a sick kid and a family that doesn't want you and a religion that's disowned you. So I started to think, you know, was this true? Could this God that I had tried to love and go after my whole life, was he actually running away from me? Was he finally sick of me? And was his way of telling me that by giving me a sick kid? But little did I know his grace was streaming after me. A few years passed and I had gotten my life together and I was accepted back into the Jehovah Witness organization and then temptation came and I fell to choose wisely again. I allowed myself to get involved in a lifestyle that I should not have ever entertained with people I should not have never allowed into my life. I moved away briefly. I entertained bisexuality. I started stripping. I drank. I was using illegal drugs. I was writing bad checks. And I left my parents devastated by my willingness to escape their love. And this God that clearly, he never loved me. Or so I thought. Little did I realize his grace was with me. And then one Friday in January of 1997, I was 21 years old. I received news that turned my life upside down. My father was killed in a long-distance trucking accident. I was shattered, and I instantly fell into a great sense of grief and depression. The enemy showed up again and reminded me just how much God hated me because he had let my daddy die. The parent that I loved the most, not only did this guy let him die, but he also let him die while I was being a horrible and sinful daughter. He allowed your dad's last memories of you to be totally disgusting, filled with worry for you. God will never love you again, and neither will your daddy because he's dead. This is what the devil told me. But little did I know that God's grace was sustaining me. I spiraled even more out of control. Depression, anger, and resentment were things I had allowed to have legal rights in my life. I used marijuana and pills to wake up and to function through my anxiety, grief, and pain. That habit opened me up to being raped over a debt I owed for these drugs, and it left me with PTSD. I would wonder often, how did I allow myself to go so far from what I knew? My willful choices kept up to me, and I was arrested for those checks I had written and all the friends that had encouraged my lifestyle left me alone to fend for myself, except for my mom. She always showed up and got me out of trouble. I could see the hurt and pain on her face. My daddy was gone and she was left to carry the anguish of my choices on her shoulders. To add all that, by August of 1999, I had my two younger children in a 15-month time frame. And before the year was finished, I was overwhelmed with three sick children and a failing relationship. But little did I know that God's grace had been following me and it would soon overtake me. By 2010, I was living happily as a mistress and I say that 
so calmly because I was, and I had no desire to change, nor did I see a need to. I had given up my life as a thief long ago because being in jail was not what I wanted, and I had finally fulfilled my dream of becoming a nurse. However, I was still the one all of my friends turned to for advice on every kind of sexual sin and illegal acts, and sadly, even though I wasn't sad then, I did loved it. I loved the attention. I loved what I did. The man I was involved with told me that I needed to find God. I didn't want to hear it, period. Plus, I thought, who are you tell me what I needed? Like, I'm your mistress. Come on now. Like, seriously? But then God wasn't, and also by then, God wasn't what I wanted. So he asked me a few months later, he said, Nikki, what do you want from God? And angrily, because I was mad, because he was still asking me this, I yelled out, if God is real and he wants me, I want him to get up all in my face. I want this Holy Ghost, if it's real, I want a church that's going to love me and help me heal and want to change. It has to be all of that or I don't want him. Little did I realize that God's grace was listening to that conversation and it was about to answer my prayers. A few short um, weeks later, I became ill. The doctors thought I had something wrong with my heart. My best friend had started going to church and I saw what God was doing for her. And I had gone a few times. I decided that Sunday morning that I would go and I didn't tell her I was coming. I wasn't expecting anything, but God's grace was already expecting me. The man of God, his name is Evangelist uh, Steve Grimsley. He's amazing. That was there on that Sunday, May 30th, 2010. Came off the stage and he walked up to me. He literally read my mail. It was kind of scary and exciting because it never, nothing like that had ever happened to me. And I stood there thinking, well, my friend has been here sitting with me the whole time. So it's no way she told him what I was going through. Then he said these words I'll never forget. Little sister, there is nothing wrong with your heart. God wants your heart. He wants all of you. He placed his hands on my head and proceeded to say, Jesus wants you to have the Holy Ghost. And 30 seconds later, scared, shivering, biting my tongue because of everything I knew about the Holy Ghost, I let go and I had it. I cried and spoke in a language my whole life, I was told, came from demons. And instantly I knew that was a lie because I knew how I felt when demons make company with you. And this was not what I felt. Thank you, God. It was the pure and holy presence of God. Whew. So many emotions overtook me. Me and my friend, we cried. We rejoiced. If you ever seen Color Purple at the end, when Celia and Nettie reunited, hello, that was me and her. <laughs> and then she asked me, do you want to get baptized in Jesus' name? And I accepted the invitation. I went down that watery grave of wretch in every sense of the word, and I came out marked by God as one of his own. As soon as my head cleared the water, that heavenly language flowed effortlessly from deep inside me. A gift I didn't deserve made its home in me. I went to the doctor a few days later, and just like the man of God said, my heart was fine. It was true. He wanted my heart. God wanted all of me. And you've heard the all of me.
After I met Grace, I stumbled that first year. I did. I was overwhelmed. I truly wasn't looking for God, but God had proven to me that he was looking for me. The enemy showed up and reminded me that you know that you weren't ready for God. You won't change. Those strongholds aren't going to leave you. They have been your companions for almost your whole life. You're going to be all alone if you end that relationship. Plus, your family and friends left you since you are no longer Jehovah's Witness and you followed this God. You won't have you won't have anyone. You're going to be alone. So feeling overwhelmed by the enemy, I called off work for three days and I shut myself in my room with gospel music, prayer, and fasting. And I asked God to stop the confusion and replace it with peace. Make me who you desire me to be was what I constantly cried. Little did I realize that God's grace had captured me and it was changing me during these times I was failing. His grace pierced me and made me change, made changes in my life that I never had the strength to do on my own. God's grace vacated my 26-year addiction to pornography and sex at a ladies' breakthrough at my church in 2011. God's grace also freed me from my soul tie, depression, grief, the brokenness I felt from my mom and older sister and from pres prescription drugs. He gave me the strength to end the relationship and to begin my relationship with him. He took out my heart of stone and replaced it with one that loves like he always intended. He taught me how to forgive and how to look at people with the same eyes of grace that he looks at me with every second of my life. God came and spoke to me in a moment of intimacy when I was pursuing him at the altar and he told me, I have followed you your whole entire life. I placed my loving arms around you and my grace poured over you and protected you from breaking under the things that the enemy wanted to consume and kill you with. I knew one day that my grace would capture and transform you. Wow, am I so glad that it did. You see, this is why I pursue God at all costs. This is why people still don't understand how I could leave an organization as a Jehovah Witness and run to this place I was told my whole life to avoid. An apostolic church. This is why I have made up my mind to be on a mission to show everyone the way to this amazing God that I serve. I should have been dead a long time ago. And this is just a small part of everything that God has done for me. It amazes me that God still wanted me and still wants me even now. I have flaws and sometimes I'm not the most obedient when God calls me to work on his behalf. But his grace still works on me every second of the day and i sing these lyrics often because they are so true to me you don't leave me where you found me you pull me up out of the mess you don't leave me brokenhearted never break your promises you keep giving second chances far above what i deserve you keep telling me i'm worth it not a love i had to earn i never know love like this so beautiful I'll never get used to this. My heart is yours. Of this I am convinced from now until the end. I'll never know love like this. So beautiful. So my friend, this is Melinda. This is my true truths. And this is my tidbits for the day. And I'm just going to send out an invitation for you to accept this beautiful love. 
God will make your wrongs right because it's hard for you to do it yourself. His, he desires a relationship with you. His amazing grace is for you too. I've told you what I've done and that's not even all of it. It's so much more I have done, but it doesn't matter when God captivates you. He turns your mess into a message. So I'm going to leave you with this scripture. Now God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Jesus Christ. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both, the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better get doing. And this we had better be doing. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 7 to 10. And I took it from the message version. I am beyond grateful for God, redemption, and for being of born again in the Lord and for not being afraid to say so. My friend, I'm going to leave you with this today. Hmm. No matter what it looks like, no matter what may come, God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. If you've been hurt by God, if you have been lost by him, if people have shamed you and guilt you to the point that you don't want to have anything to do with him like I did, I invite you today to just stop what you're doing and just talk to him and seek him. If you need help in that, you can also contact me. God is good. He's always going to be good. And I'm thankful to be back on this journey with True Truths and Tidbits, Life with Melinda. I hope you join me next Wednesday. I want to tell you about the Holy Ghost. I'd like to take this time to thank you for listening to True Truths and Tidbits, Life with Melinda. If you have not already become part of the family, you can do that right now. I invite you to subscribe. Look down on your screen and select subscribe. I'll give you a moment. Perfect. Now you're part of the True Truths family. You'll be one of the first to know when there's a new episode available for your listening pleasure. Also, I would like to invite you to look where you found subscribed and feel free to leave me a message. Who knows? Your voice may be the next one we hear on the next episode of True Truths and Tippets, Life with Melinda. Until we meet again, my friend, I hope that you will continue to strive to live out your true truths. Don't lose hope on your dreams and your aspirations. And if things don't work out the way that you plan for this day, Always remember, there's tomorrow. Until next time, my friend. Goodbye.